Are you full of health and wellness information yet struggling to implement into your daily life? Or do you have your health sorted out but struggling to integrate it with your other areas of your life? We've surveyed a number of Wellness Couch fans and recognize that this is the biggest challenge that most of you face in daily life. How do you turn your knowledge into action and a lifestyle? Enter the Wellness Breakthrough. For three days and two nights in February, eight of your Wellness Couch favorites are gathering in Melbourne for one incredible event, and we just have three spots left. Entry to the Wellness Breakthrough is by application only. To apply, simply go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. And apologies in advance if you apply and we're all sold out. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts, Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to The Wellness Guys Show, a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into your lives. I'm Brett Hill, and as you can probably guess from this introduction, I am not joined today by my usual co-hosts, Lawrence and Damien, um, but fortunately, I have got another chiropractor here to help fill in the void and help make me feel at home. So, I'm joined by a best-selling author and an internationally renowned speaker and facilitator of consciousness and change. For over 14 years, he's been inviting people to embrace their true greatness. People from every culture, country, age, and social strata of society. Originally trained as a chiropractor, he has a completely different approach to healing by facilitating people to tap into and recognize their own abilities and knowing. I'm really looking forward to this one. I think this is going to be great. So welcome to the show, Dr. Dane here. Ah, Brett, thank you so much for having me. Or shall I say Dr. Brett? Yeah, you can say whatever you like. I'm, I'm pretty easy. We'll, we'll just uh, we'll stick with Brett. I think for today is fine okay. by me. I like so. that. You be Brett, I'll be Dane. It works for me. It's just easy, isn't it? Exactly. So, Dane, this sounds like you've been on an amazing journey here. It sounds like you've got a great story to tell. And, and straight away, it piques my curiosity as to how you ended up where you are today. You know, obviously, the, the choice to pursue chiropractic and then to sort of branch out from that and really focus on perhaps some of the more... Uh, you know, consciousness, uh, mindset issues that you're obviously dealing with and helping people with. So how did this whole sort of health and well-being journey start for you? Well, you know, I got into chiropractic because I wanted to be able to create miracles in people's lives and in their bodies. And I knew people who were doing that, you know, they were able to, they were able to change so many things that nobody else was even able to touch. And that's what I wanted to do. And yet I got to this place almost 16 years ago now where it was like I was trying, I was doing every darn thing I could, and I still wasn't able to create that success or that change in people's lives that I knew was possible. And, you know, I thought if I just take one more seminar, if I just learn a bit more, maybe I can do it. But what I wasn't really recognizing was what was missing was sort of my own my own sense of my own worth, if you will, but, but really sort of bringing my own gifts to the table. And I got to a place 16 years ago where I was so unhappy with things, my relationship, my life, my lack of success in my practice, that I went, you know what, universe, here's the deal. You got six months and my life either really changes this time or I'm out of here. And within two weeks, I was exposed to something called access consciousness. I had a one hour session and left it going, wow, if I can feel this way, then I'm in. I want to be alive. Tell me more. And that was the beginning. And, you know, 16 years later, I get to share these tools with people around the world and hopefully see that sort of change in their lives too. That sounds like a pretty amazing journey and I think we're going to have to delve into that a little bit more because that, that sounds like, I mean, obviously at some stage you got yourself to a pretty dark place there. You know, you, you've obviously you know, gotten to the stage where you're considering ending your life. So 
what got you to that stage? I mean, obviously, you mentioned you know you were questioning your worth, your practice success, but was there more to it than that? What what led you to get to such a deep dark place? Well, it's interesting because you know I lo- I look back on it and I realize that it, it on the one hand it was a huge gift to get there because when you're at that place you're willing to let everything else go. You know, you realize that that you're only going to take into your life what works, or at least that that's what happened for me. But basically, I mean, if if you look back over my history, it's like when I was a kid, I experienced some horrendous forms of abuse and, and unkindness and a lot of that sort of thing. But that, that you know, a lot of us experience that. I had just gotten to a point where I was so tired of nothing working in my life. You know, I had this beautiful relationship. Well, I, had, I was in a relationship with a beautiful, somebody that I decided was beautiful and perfect. And, you know, she didn't really care for me that much, but I couldn't see it and was in a constant state of judgment of me. I was starting my second practice and it wasn't having the success that I wanted and I was struggling financially. And it was at one point that I realized, wow, I have been happy so little time in the last three years that really all I wanted to be, you know, when I was a little kid, people used to say, what do you want to be when you grew up? And I was like, happy. You know, they're like, yeah, okay, well, what do you want to be? You want to be a doctor? You want to be a lawyer? You want to be an Indian chief? You want to be an actor? I was like, sure, as long as I'm happy, (laughs) you know? And I looked and it was like, it had been three years almost since I had been happy for any consistent basis. And I was like, I don't need to live this way anymore. Something's got to be available that's different than that, or I don't need to be here. And that's really what got me to the change. I think I think it's a lot of the stuff that gets to a lot of us, you know, and I think a lot of people probably handled it better than I did. I, I just I was always one of those sort of sensitive people, you know. I was always really aware of a lot of things. And I think a lot of the people out there are that that end up going through some of these things. They just don't have the tools to get out of it. Yeah, you know what's fascinating is is I think you're the second person we've interviewed in the last couple of weeks who's said almost exactly the same thing that that you know all you wanted to be when you were a little kid was happy and you know it reminded me of a quote from I think it was John Lennon who said you know when he when he was a little kid his teacher asked him what did he wanted to be when he grew up and he said that he wanted to be happy and his teacher said to him he didn't understand the question and he told her <laughs> that she didn't understand life you know and, and it's such a it's such an awesome quote and i loved it and and it's fascinating that as i said two people within the last couple of weeks have said exactly the same thing um so i think there's definitely a message there that's you know resonating with people at the moment and and obviously that people are needing to hear at the moment so it's great that we've got you on and i think it's just you know these episodes are syncing together and following on so beautifully so i think that's fantastic and i tell you what i reckon you know you've probably underplayed some of the challenges you've had there growing up because by the sound of it there were some challenges and some difficulties there and and as you said you know many people do suffer from similar difficulties but it's it's your ability to to make change to, to decide to change that I guess and you know sometimes you have to get to that lowest point before you can start coming back up again so tell us about you know tell us about what it was that you started doing that started creating some change for you well, what happened was I got to that point and I literally, and and this wasn't, you know, one of those things where you're like, geez, I'll either kill myself or have a latte. It wasn't, you know, I mean, I was serious about it. And it was at one of the, you know, the when I made that demand, a week later, I saw an ad in the paper and it said, access consciousness, all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. And of course, I was overjoyed, right? Uh Uh-uh. I wanted to kill the person that put the ad in the paper. I'm like, my life is pain, suffering, and gory. You have no idea what my life is about. And and so I throw the paper away. Well, it comes out once a week, and where I was living in Santa Barbara at the time. And I saw it the following week, and the only thing I could see was this tiny little ad. All of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. 
And I got so angry again, and yet I realized that a long time ago, I realized that, you know, whether you love it or hate it, there's something there for you. So I called the girl that put the ad in the paper, and I said, okay, what do you do? And she said, oh, we do all kinds of stuff. But a good place to start might be with this thing called the bars. And, it, you know, so we, we go and I do this session. And literally, I start giggling like a little kid. And I'm giggling for an hour and 15 minutes. And I literally got up off the table because it was a, a session that was done on the table. I get up off the table and I look around. I'm like, has it always been this beautiful here? This is amazing. And this from literally, I was having suicidal thoughts right before this session. And so I, that one session changed something really dynamically, but it gave me the awareness that things could be different. Well, over the next several weeks, I had one session a week, and every time we'd get together, she would give me a real simple tool to use for when the universe felt like it wanted to cave back in on my head again, where I could open it up and create a sense of space again. And I think one of the things that a lot of people are looking for and sort of missing is is a sense of space, you know, a sense of like, hey, you know what? I'm happy to be alive. It's easy to be me. Although I will say it is a lot easier to find it in Australia than it is in, in a lot of the other places where either I live or I travel to. You know, it's like I live in Houston, Texas, and there's very little space in people's heads here. It's it's a lot easier to find that in Australia, which I think is just a huge gift. Yeah, well, we certainly have a lot more physical space in Australia. We've got lots of uh, empty, empty land in the middle of the country. But, <laughs> but what makes you say mentally you think we have more space in Australia? Well, there's still this sense in Australia, a sense of adventure. There's still a sense of being able to to control your destiny, if you will, and actually create one and create a future. And I know that's that's sort of tough for you know a lot of the younger generation to to embrace, possibly. But there's still this sense of adventure and possibilities. And, and there's a, a general lightness to the way Aussies tend to function. And I'm not somebody who tends to make generalities about, about different cultures, about different countries, that sort of thing. But this is one I want to say because it's like if you can recognize that, if you can recognize that, that that's part of the gift of you know where you chose to live, where you chose to grow up, where you chose to be born. And if you can look for that lightness, you'll find it. If all you look for is the heaviness, you're going to find that too. But there's much more of the, the sense of the space that is sort of this, this, I don't even know how to put it, just sort of like a, a, a chance for life to actually have a sense of ease to it, I guess is how I would put it. Nice. I like that. So let's come back to a couple of things you mentioned earlier. One of the things you said was you, you described yourself as being sensitive. And I'd love to delve more into what you mean by that and, and I guess particularly you know, how that impacted on you in terms of, you know, being unhappy and, and dealing with the challenges of relationships and life and all those things as being a sensitive person. Can you tell us, you know, what you mean by sensitive? Well, it's one of the things that I find with a lot of the healers of the world, for example. It's like I, I have the the blessing of getting to work with a lot of people who find themselves in healing capacities in different ways and also a lot of a lot of people in other aspects of life. But it's like the sensitivity I'm talking about is actually the level of awareness. And sometimes it can be a level of awareness of how other people are hurting. Sometimes it can be a level of awareness of other possibilities that are available. But you'll notice that the sensitives of the world, it's like the world seems to be sometimes more challenging for them. because. And what I found that it actually is, is they have an intense level of awareness of 
like for example, emotional suffering is as one example that nobody teaches us how to deal with because nobody has the awareness that you can have this level of awareness of other people and that a lot of it might not even be yours. So one of the tools that really helped me in being able to start having this sensitivity that I have as a gift was recognizing that I was really aware of other people. And I would notice that I'd be having a great day and I'd walk in and my girlfriend at the time would be really sad. And before I even got to the door, I felt really sad. I felt really depressed. I felt really lonely. I'd walk in and that's exactly what she was experiencing. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. This is weird. I haven't even talked to her yet. And I started looking at that and looking for that in the world to see where, okay, wait a minute. What if this isn't even mine? What if it's just something that I'm sensitive to that other people may not be? Yeah. So, you know, I think I think sensitivity is a really interesting one, isn't it? Because as you've said, it, it can be a real gift in terms of your awareness and being aware of what's going on around you. But but sometimes it can be an indication that you're not quite sure of who you are or what you want to do or, um, you know, you're a bit uncertain around your own thoughts and beliefs and ideas. And so as a result of that, you're then reacting to the world that's going on around you. So, you know, how do we how do we channel the, the gift of our sensitivity and how do we, um, you know, I guess, develop resilience at the same time as sensitivity, if that makes sense? Absolutely. And I love those questions. And so, so part of it comes from this. One of, the, one of the first tools that I got when I first did one of these access consciousness sessions was the girl said to me, look, 98% of your thoughts, your feelings and your emotions don't belong to you. And I, I sort of stared at her with an open mouth. I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, look. She's like, and she pointed out an example of that I had told her about where, you know, I was having a great day and exactly like I talked about, walked in and my girlfriend was having a terrible day and all of a sudden my day was terrible. Well, she said, is it possible that you're not just doing that with her? What if you're doing it with everybody? And I was like, what are you talking about? She said, well... We're kind of like big psychic radio receivers, you know, or we're like these big tuning forks. When you're around a tuning fork, if you put two tuning forks together and you hit one, the other one starts vibrating at exactly the same vibration. And I went, oh, so I'm starting to vibrate like the things that I perceive. And she said, yeah. And, and I asked the exact same question. I'm like, well, what the heck do I do about it? Knowing about it is great, but give me something. And she said, ask this question. And this is a question I use in probably 95% of the sessions I do and 95% of the classes I deliver. And that is, she said, ask this, who does this belong to? And I'm like, what? She <laughs> said, well, like take sadness, for example. Next time you're experiencing sadness, ask this, who does this belong to? And if it lightens up at all, it's not yours. And I'm like, okay, let me get this straight. I'll ask, who does this belong to? If it lightens up, if I get less sad? And she's like, yeah. And so I started doing this and... We eventually, like, we eventually found that if you did this for three days, if you'd asked, who does this belong to, to every thought, feeling, and emotion you had, and every judgment, and every sense of heaviness, if it lightens up, it's not yours. At the end of three days, you walk around like you're in a walking, talking meditation. Imagine <laughs> if you got clear of 98% of the crap that was in your head yesterday and didn't have to be there tomorrow, or the day after that, or the day after that. That's kind of how, that's one tool, that's one sort of simple, complex tool, but it really can be dynamically effective in changing how you feel on a daily basis. Uh, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> you know, like getting rid of 98% of that stuff, right? that just sounds great. Right? 
And so one of the things you said then is, you know, you're talking about, you know, the things around you, but you're talking about what you perceive about the things around you. And and I think that's such a, a fascinating distinction, right? Because so often people talk about, um, you know, you are the things you surround yourself with. You know, you become the people you surround yourself, all these sort of quotes. But but you're adding an extra caveat to that. You're, you're saying you, you are and you become what you perceive of the people and things around you. That's a really fascinating distinction, I reckon. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, that that really is the distinction there because what you become is what you think you are that you're actually not that is something you're just perceiving. <laughs> so let me put it this way. It's like, so what's the difference between I'm angry and I perceive anger? Yeah, well, it's, it's fascinating. It's, I'm not I'm not even sure what the answer to that. It, it's, it's, I guess, it's the... It's the ownership of it almost, isn't it? Like it's like, yeah. you know, I am angry or, you know, it's almost like I'm doing anger at the moment. You know, it's you're not making it who you are. You're making it almost what you do. Is that a fair description? Absolutely. And you're also, and you're also making it what you're aware of. Because if you go, I'm angry, you have just created it as what you are. I'm perceiving anger as, oh, look what I'm aware of out there. Isn't that interesting? And that's a huge difference because when you, so it, let's say, let's say I'm not totally full of crap. Let's say this concept that I'm talking about holds <laughs> some water, okay? But if you, so if you look at it in a practical situation, you know, you're, you're having a discussion with somebody and it gets to a heated place and all of a sudden, you know, they go to anger and you pick it up and you think, oh, I'm so angry. Well, there's a whole, there's a huge difference between you going, wow, I'm aware of that anger over there. That's cool. And I'm really angry now because when you buy that you're angry, then you respond as though you're angry. And that's how most of us destroy our lives and our relationships. We buy that we're angry. We buy that we're sad. We buy that we're depressed. We buy that we can't, we, we buy all this stuff out here as though we're shopping in Crapco, you know, like supermarket of crap. <laughs> and it's like... We need to get rid of our frequent crappers card is my point of view. You know, it's like, stop shopping at Crapco. There's a different possibility. You are not. It's, it's exactly the same as walking through a shopping, you know, walking through a store. And it's like, you're not a cantaloupe, but you're, they're there too. You know, you're, you're not cereal, but they're there too. It's the exact same thing. There's all these things that are actually out there. But because we perceive them so intensely... And nobody's ever asked us this question like, hey, who does that belong to? Is it actually yours? We spend our entire lives trying to believe that the things we perceive are actually us. And, you know, I'm kind of fascinated that you were able to do this even right from the start. So, you know, even when you were sort of at your, your darkest point, you looked at that ad and it made you angry. Um, but then you were able to actually take a step back from that and ask yourself, you know, and to recognize that it wasn't necessarily the ad that made you angry and, and to ask yourself why you were reacting in that way to that ad. And you were actually aware of it, even in that moment, which I think is fantastic. So, you know, how do we how do we look out for those triggers? You know, how do we look out for those signs that perhaps there's something there that is triggering us that we need to work on? Well, I, great question. I think what, what you want to recognize is what's true for you always makes you feel lighter. A lie will always make you feel heavier. So something that's actually true for you will always make you feel lighter. What happened for me was I got angry at the ad, and then I went, and then I flashed to this moment of awareness I'd had a long time ago and having a conversation with somebody, and I went, oh, 
that's true. Whether you love it or hate it, there's something there for you. And that made me feel lighter. And that's when I made the phone call. So we, we, the weird part is, Brett, we already have this internal compass. It's just mm-hmm. we've never been taught to use it. We've been taught that what everybody else says is true. We've been taught that what our teachers say is true. And we need to try to, and what people say about what's going to make us happy is true. Except there's so many of us who get into our 30s or 40s or some point in that range. You know, it's why midlife crisis occurs because we bought somebody else's point of view about what's going to make us happy and going to work for us. But if you go back to this, what's true for me makes me feel lighter. A lie makes me feel heavier. You start to get a different awareness of the world because you don't start to try to make all those things that are heavy true or try to find a way to bring them to lightness you go wow that's not actually true for me then you have a different choice available and the whole thing about it is getting to a space where you have different choices available and one of the easiest things you can do is is recognize once again that what's true for you will always make you feel lighter and and there's some certain real simple other things that you can do to start start creating more of that lightness in your life yeah, so let's before we go on to what those things are that we can do, I just, I'd love to just des- describe this lighter a little bit more because you know obviously some people will say, well, you should you know go with your head. You know, some people will say you should go with your heart. Some people will say you should go with your gut. You know, what is what does lighter feel like? And I guess maybe where does it exist? That's a you know, Brett. I got to tell you, I love these questions because that's it's <laughs> exactly you know that's exactly the missing information. The lighter is kind of like if somebody says something to you. And you kind of feel like you can breathe or like you may sigh, for example, or, you know, you feel like, oh, or it feels like, whereas before it felt like you were sort of, I don't know, you know how you get into that kind of contracted, like, eh, kind of place? Well, when that changes at all, that's an indication of lightness also. You know, it's like if you've ever had a friend say to you, you know what, I really love you. I'm really grateful for you. That has a sense of lightness to it. If you've ever had somebody who you knew wasn't a friend, who was just trying to get something from you, said, oh, I'm so grateful for you. <laughs> Different energy, yeah? Yeah. And so and that first one is that lightness. The second one is is the heaviness of a lie being present. And how aware do you think people are of their own bodies and their own minds to, to know, you know what's light and what's dark? I think they're way more aware than they want to know. And so... Part of what gets created is because you can't, you can't not be aware of energy. It's who we are. And, you know, and when I say energy, you know, people often try to go to the, you know, they think I'm now being airy-fairy because I've said the word energy. But for me, it's really friggin' practical. It's like the way a, a really good healer knows where to go is based on the energy of I'll go here, this will create this. No, I'm going to go here because it'll create something greater energetically. The way a CEO knows what to choose, the way a mother knows what to choose for her kids is based on the energy of it that they're aware of. So when I'm talking about the energy, I'm talking from this really practical place of this is something we're all aware of. And we've been picking it up to such a degree since we were little kids, but we've once again, we've never been told. And so it's like we've been swimming around in carrot soup you know, and we think we're a carrot, but we're not. We've just been swimming in carrot soup for a very long time. <laughs> yeah. 
and and so it kind of it comes back to what is a very chiropractic principle, doesn't it? Like this this idea that there's an innate intelligence within your body, that there, there's a knowing within your body, that if you if you just take the time to kind of listen to it, that it's going to tend to head you in the right direction. Absolutely, and and that's really the thing is the the taking the time to listen to it, getting present enough to listen to it, and then once again, thing that I'm really big on because. So what I was missing 16 years ago, which almost caused me to end my life, was the tools to actually listen to it and create change based on it. Yeah. So I think by now people are going, tell me these tools because <laughs> yeah, I need right? to know what these tools are. So let's delve into some of these tools. What are the tools that we can use to become more aware of what's going on in our body, but, but even more so to start uh, creating change around that? Well, okay. So one I already gave you, which, well, two, the one which is who does this belong to? which is basically getting, or is this mind, which is getting you to the awareness that it's an awareness you're having, not something that's actually yours. Well, guess what? Somewhere between 50 and 100% of what goes on in our bodies is not actually ours. It's something we're either picking up from somebody else or trying to heal in somebody else. And so that can work dynamically for bodies. Another, and and so some of these tools, there's we have about 8,000 of them in Access Consciousness. So some of them go into a lot more depth, but some of the really simple things that you can start doing are asking questions, for example. See, a question always empowers. An answer disempowers. When you come up with an answer, you've closed the door because you said this is the reality, and that's all you can see. When you do that, you shut the doors to every other possibility. So one of the easiest questions you can start instituting in your life right now is ask this question, how does it get any better than this? You can ask it when something good happens. You can ask it when something bad happens. In a bad situation, it'll make it better. You know, like, let's say you get this bill and it's more than you thought. You go, okay. Rather than going into the, ah, you know, the trauma and drama, the, the oh, it will is terrible and bad. Because when you decide it's terrible and bad, that's what you will create. When you go, okay, this is fine. Okay, I get that this could be a, you know, a thing going on. But how does it get any better than this? You're asking the universe to show you how it could get better rather than just accepting the trauma and drama that's just been presented at your doorstep. When something good happens, you want to ask, how does it get any better than this? Because it opens the door for something even greater to occur and doesn't stop the good thing right there. And so there was a lady who actually got this tool. She was in a class and she reached down and she picked up a dime in front of the elevator and she went, oh my gosh, how does it get any better than this? Goes down in the elevator, and this was in New York, okay? Goes down in the elevator to the ground floor, goes out, and there's a $20 bill sitting on the ground. And she (laughs) looks around, nobody's around, she picks it up, she's like, wow, how does it get any better than this? So she takes a taxi to her apartment, and the taxi lets her off out front. She was going to, you know, would have taken the subway, which will let her off at a different exit around behind. She goes to get out of the taxi, and there's something shiny in the gutter. What do you think it was? I'm thinking a diamond ring or something. It was a diamond friggin' bracelet. (laughs) And she picks it up and she went, oh, it doesn't get any better than this. And I was like, oh, man, girl, you were on a roll. And this is a true story. But I've got hundreds of stories that people have sent me about ways they've used this, getting upgraded on flights, for example, getting upgrades in hotel rooms, just by standing there and asking the person when they say we don't have anything available, really? How does it get any better than that? And opening the door for that possibility <laughs> to occur. I love that. I love that because now you're not only opening the door for you, you're actually opening the door for other people to think of 
even better possibilities too. That's very cool. Yeah, that one is a really wonderful one. And that, you know what? Like what you just said is is so vital. It's like it's about paying it forward. It's about, you know, if this were just about, you know, for me, if like if this had just changed my life, it would be that would not be very much fun. It's like this is about all of us being able to contribute making everybody else everybody else's lives greater. Well, I tell you what, I reckon that's a great spot to finish, Dane, because I think we've definitely been able to contribute and make people's life greater today. I know that I have certainly benefited from this 30-minute chat that we've just had together, and I'm sure that there are people listening in who are equally benefiting, because I definitely feel lighter at the end of this conversation than I did at the start. So we're obviously heading in the right direction, Dane. Thank you, mate. Cool. Thanks, Brett. I really appreciate it and appreciate what you're doing. And and. To the other two hosts also, you know, I'd just like to say a shout out and a thank you. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And I've enjoyed having this time to interview you by myself. I, I often do interviews by myself on my other show, that Paleo show, but, but it's not often I get the chance on the Wellness Guys. And obviously, I think it was meant to be for us to have this lovely little chat today. So for people who want to find out more about Dr. Dane, they can go to www.drdanehere.com. I'm going to spell that D-R-D-A-I-N-H-E-E-R.com. They can find him at Facebook at Dr. Dane here and at Twitter, Dr. underscore Dane here. You can check out his book, which I cannot wait to read, which is called Being You, Changing the World. You can check out his audio books and classes all on his website. And there's also, Dr. Dane has really recommended you go have a look at his free video series, which is called the Being You video series, which I'm definitely going to check out straight after this episode. So once again, thank you, Dr. Dane, for coming on board. It was an absolute pleasure today, mate. Thanks so much, Brett. You have a great one and happy holiday. Thanks, mate. So for everyone else, make sure you go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the wellness guys, and tell us what you thought of this episode. Share this podcast with your friends and family and other strangers you think need a wellness update. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating and give us a comment and ask yourself, how can it be better than this? And until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives, lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Join us next week on The Wellness Guys Show. We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Catch podcast brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on The Wellness Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering The Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Torps, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch for your free audiobook. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.